TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. If you missed our show this morning, Mornings with the Coach, here's what you missed. You're listening to Mornings with Coach on 97.3 The Fan. Well, good Monday morning to everyone. Coach Jock and Tara with you. Mornings with Coach on 97.3 The Fan. Hope everyone had a, a great uh, weekend. I know Padre fans, it was a very frustrating weekend until the uh, final batter of yesterday afternoon's ball game, and we're going to get to that momentarily. But want to get fan reaction regarding the Padres dropping two out of three to the first place Los Angeles Dodgers, in which uh, every game in the series... The Padres had a lead, unable to hold the lead. Friday night, a three to nothing lead that uh, evaporated. They got beat four to three. They had a three run lead on Saturday night. They end up getting beat when Kirby Yates walks in uh, the winning run. Padres get beat that night, seven to six. It looked like they were going to get beat again yesterday until this. Down a run. This one, a high fly ball to deep left field. I thought he just won the ball game. He just won the ball game. Car rushed to deep left field. Grand slam, walk off, pinch home run for Hunter Renfro. How about them boys? His power is unbelievable. On a team that's got a Fran Mill Reyes and a Hunter Renfro and a Manny Machado, don't tell me they won't hit this year. What a moment. It doesn't get any better than this. Well, definitely ended three days of tremendous frustration for uh, Padre fans. But, you know, I think now, today, we can all exhale. The Mets are coming to town. But the Padres can't exhale. they got to continue to play good baseball. And they played good baseball for the most part over the weekend. Starting pitching needs to go a little bit deeper in games. A little bit deeper in games with a lot of these young guys. They've got to go. If they're going five, they got to go six. If they're going six, they got to try to find a way to go six and a third. They need to shorten the gap for the poor bullpen. The bullpen is going to be exhausted by the beginning of uh, July, right now, the way they're going. And I think you can, that played a part a little bit the other night uh, with uh, Kirby Yates in, in the ball game. You know, he just didn't have his good stuff the other night. And I think we could say that actually a little bit about Kenley Jansen, who is not the same pitcher he was uh, for a long period of time. I think the extra games with the playoffs and the World Series and his health issues, that's starting to play a little bit of part in uh, Kenley Jansen. But uh, he served one up yesterday, and Hunter Renfro sent all the Padre fans home very, very happy. But getting back to kind of a, a measuring stick, and we talked about this on Friday, the measuring stick for the San Diego Padres. Are they ready to climb up to the top of the division? Well, I think we found out uh, this weekend, can they play with the guys at the top of the division? No question about it. And remember, Fernando Tatis Jr. wasn't available. And we know how good he is, and we know how good he's going to continue to be and get better and better and better with major league experience at only 20 years of age. My question to you right now is the Padres, 
Were you impressed with the way they played over the weekend? Granted, we were disappointed on Friday and Saturday night. I mean, those are ball games. Great ball teams win. Good ball teams win. Padres have a pretty good team, and you're going to lose games like that occasionally. But you know what? They battled. They battled all weekend long in a playoff atmosphere. I mean, you take a look at the attendance. Listen to these numbers. This is the best attendance for a three-game series in Padre history. It surpassed the uh, uh, three-game series back uh, with the Boston Red Sox in 2007 where they drew 133,311. Friday night, 44,425, a sellout. Saturday evening, 44,558, a sellout. Sunday afternoon, 44,473, the uh, total for the three-game series, a new Padre Petco Park record, 133,456, a new uh, three-game series Petco Park record. The fans came out. The problem was there were too many Dodger fans. There were too many Dodger fans. I sat here on Friday and said, boy, this is going to be the first time in a long time where Dodger fans aren't going to take over the stadium. Well, when the last batter in the bottom of the ninth was at the plate the other night, I would have thought I was at Chavez Ravine. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable uh, how many people were wearing Dodger blue that night. I know their money is good. I know the Padres will take their money. But when is it going to end? When is it going to end that Padre fans come out in droves and wipe out those Dodger fans. I heard so many excuses over the weekend. So many excuses why Dodger fans were there. Number one, Padre fans were selling their tickets to Dodger fans. Uh, Dodger fans got the tickets before Manny Machado signed with the San Diego Padres. Dodger fans got the tickets before the Padre fans knew that Fernando Tatis Jr. was going to be on the opening day roster. Those are all excuses. Those are all excuses. I was amazed all weekend long how many people wearing Dodger colors were in the stands at Petco Park. Nonetheless, the Padres made a lot of money. I think their ball club got a a great measuring stick of where they're at right now. You know, Manny Machado, he had three homers in the series. Those were his only three hits. He almost had that infield hit yesterday, but they got him just by uh, uh, an eyelash at first base. Machado played great at shortstop, but other than the three home runs, not hitting for much of an average right now. Hosmer continues to swing it well. We saw that long bomb yesterday. I thought it was going to hit the scoreboard by Fran Mil Reyes. I mean, there were a lot of positives. And you drop two out of three, and especially in the way you dropped the first two, and it looked like you were going to drop the, the third game yesterday until Hunter Renfro comes off the uh, bench and hits that long home run, and boy, did he tag that one. He hit that thing a country mile, no question about it. So the Padres, rather than dropping yesterday's game and being four and a half games back of the Dodgers uh, in the NL West, they're only two and a half games back. And you know what? You have uh, three good days here before you go out on the road against the New York Mets, who, by the way, got swept over the weekend at Milwaukee. And they're in third place right now. The Mets that come to town tonight, what a matchup on a Monday night. Now, I know normally Monday night games don't grow up uh, big crowds. But, boy, if you want to see a couple of guys going at it tonight, you got last year's Cy Young Award winner, Jacob DeGrom, going to the Hill tonight 
for the uh, Mets. He's uh, two and three right now with a 3.82 ERA. Uh, he's made one start since coming off the IL, and the Padres are going to go with right-hander Chris Paddock, two and one in a 191. ERA. I need phone calls today. I want to hear from Padre fans. If there's some Dodger fans out there that would like to be a part of the show today, love to hear from you as well. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I want to get back to what I saw from the Padres this weekend. And you know what? Some of the starting pitching wasn't bad. I mean, Margavich's yesterday was not great. I mean, his overall line was pretty good, though. Uh, when you went five and two thirds, seven hits, three runs, uh, three walks, gave up uh, that big uh, homer to Max Muncy, didn't strike out a batter. Okay, but he kept the ball club in the ball game. And the bottom line here is he's a kid that has pitched one game of A ball before this year. It's a work in progress with him. You, you go back to uh, Friday night, Lauer. Lauer was pitching pretty well. Hell, he had a no-hitter there for a few innings on uh, Friday night. And then uh, all of a sudden, he kind of hit a wall. He ended up going five innings. And once again, that's four innings your bullpen has to pick up. Lauer on Friday night, five innings, four hits, two runs, two walks, five strikeouts. Not a bad effort. Good bullpen uh, that night, a wick, Wingenter, Stammen, and Yates. Uh, Yates ended up, you know, getting the loss, gave up uh, two hits and a run there in the ninth inning, that little uh, ground ball down the first baseline. Good effort by Eric Hosmer. Uh, you know, maybe if it was a right-handed first baseman, he could have made the play, but being left-handed, he had to go across his body, dive right there on the right field uh, foul line, and the ball kicked off his glove. Good effort. Just uh, that's uh, the way the ball bounces. And even on Saturday night, you think about Ian Kinsler, and the bases were loaded. He missed, uh, you know, probably a, a bases-clearing double, uh, by less than an inch. If it had picked up a little bit of chalk, the Padres would have probably won uh, game two, but it didn't work out that way. Tell you what, I thought the, the Padres did a pretty good job against Kershaw. Kershaw lasted six innings the other night, giving up six hits, uh, three earned runs, gave up that homer to Manny Machado, and then gave up that homer to Ian Kinsler. Uh, Kinsler uh, swinging the bat uh, much better, no question about it. But uh, once again, uh, uh, Friday night, they, they lose that one four to three, and their starting pitcher goes five innings. Now, Saturday, uh, Joey Lucchese, he goes five innings, gives up five hits, three runs, all of them earned two walks, two strikeouts. There's another four innings that uh, the bullpen has to pick. Uh, it's just too much of a workload. It's just way too much of a workload right now for this bullpen. And by the way, if you stayed until the end of that game on Saturday night, you deserve a pat on the back. Four hours and 12 minutes, the longest nine-inning game in Petco Park history. How about that one? And the ballpark opened in 2004. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I was at home watching the game. I fell asleep, and I woke up right when Kirby Yates walked in, what ended up being the game-winning run. So, again, the Padres staff just not flat-out going deep enough in ball games. And you could say that a little bit about the Dodgers as well. I mean, uh, a lot of their guys didn't go all that deep. I mean, Maeda went six yesterday. You go back to... Um, uh, uh, Friday night, uh, Kershaw hung in there for uh, a total of uh, six innings. So they're going, you know, an inning more than the San Diego Padres. And quite frankly, I think that bullpen of the Dodgers, just on experience alone, is a little bit deeper right now. Oh, thank goodness for Hunter Renfro. That's all I can say. That's all I can say. Jeff, can we hear that home run call by Ted Leitner one more time? Because I, I felt the enti- entire county exhale when this ball was hit out of the ballpark. 
Down a run. This one, a high fly ball to deep left field. I thought he just won the ball game. He just won the ball game. Car rushed to deep left field. Grand slam, walk off, pinch home run for Hunter Renfro. How about them boys? His power is unbelievable. On a team that's got a Fran Mill Reyes and a Hunter Renfro and a Manny Machado, don't tell me they won't hit this year. What a moment. It doesn't get any better than this. Boy, last night, uh, you know, at the end of that ball game, Hosmer gets a base hit. The Padres get uh, two bunt singles, one for Manny Margot, uh, Will Myers. They load the bases with nobody out. Greg Garcia's got a really good at bat, fouling some pitchers off, and then Jansen threw him that uh, cutter on the inside part of the plate. I think Greg thought it was going to be ball four. He took it. He was called out on strikes. Then uh, Francisco Mejia popped up to the infield, and you're going, oh, no. They're going to get out of this, and the Padres are going to get beat again. But Renfro comes off the bench and uh, gets it done. Following the game yesterday, uh, the uh, 97-3s of Braden Suprenant was down on the field, and he had a chance to visit with uh, Game uh, 3 hero, Hunter Renfro. Hunter, I know you feel great after that moment right there. Yeah, no, no doubt. I was able to get a good pitch in the zone there, get a good swing, and I was able to hit it out. Osmer started off, then Margot, Myers, to get, get guys on. In the dugout, you're getting prepared to go up. Your name is called. What is your What is your mindset going into that at-bat? Uh, just flush it, get ready to go, uh, make sure you're relaxed, and, and uh, know what your job is. Get the run in. You guys come up one run short the first two games. This this game, you're one run short. You guys get the win. Show Talk about the resiliency of this ball club you guys have. You know, we had a lot of fight. I mean, we, we were out up early on both games, and we weren't able to finish it off. But today, you know, we were up again, and, and they were able to fight back, hit two home runs right there, and I was able to hit it on the last and finish it off. Hunter, congratulations again. Good luck tomorrow against the Mets. Thank you very much. That was Hunter Renfro after he hit the game-winning homer with uh, 97 threes. Uh, Braden Soprenant down on the field at Petco Park. A year ago, when there's a lot of talk about uh, trading Hunter Renfro, I said, hey, don't trade him. Just keep uh, getting him an opportunity to play. Uh, probably not playing as much as I thought, but again, he's one of those hot and cold guys. He's been in a little bit of a cold streak, but uh, definitely uh, got hot yesterday, no question about it. Before I bring in Jim Russell, just to kind of update everyone on the standings right now, where the National League West sits, the Dodgers uh, right now, twenty-two and fourteen. They're playing great baseball. They're twelve and four at home. They're now uh, with uh, two out of three over the weekend. They've pushed their mark to an even five hundred on the road at ten and ten. The Diamondbacks continue to play good ball. They got beat yesterday by Colorado, but the Diamondbacks right now at twenty and fourteen, one game back. Padres sitting at nineteen and sixteen, two and a half games back, but only eight and ten at Petco Park after playing great on the road at eleven and six. The Rockies uh, are playing well. They got that uh, come from behind victory yesterday at home against Arizona. They're 16 and 19. Don't uh, count them out, boy. They're they're starting to swing it pretty well, especially their third baseman Nolan Arenado. But at 16 and 19, they're five and a half games back. And the Giants hanging in there, 15 and 19. They're uh, six games back right now. They had kind of a wild, goofy weekend uh, playing against the Cincinnati Reds. A lot of runs scored in that series. But I want to jump over to Jim Russell because Jim was out there uh, quite a bit this weekend. And, Jim, uh, a record crowd uh, for a three-game series, a new Petco Park record. But uh, for my liking, way too much blue. Yeah, record for Dodger fans out there. I mean, what did I say last week? I was so off. I said 80-20 Padre fans. <laughs> yeah, it was it, it was flipped. Or at least it was borderline half-half. Maybe, actually, 
I'd say 60-40 Dodgers. Easily. Well, you heard what I had to say. I heard more excuses yeah, that Carter had pills on why there were more Dodger fans uh, out there than we uh, anticipated. You know, we, we figured, hey, with the Padres playing well, people are going to come out. If they haven't been to a game early in the year, they're going to definitely come out for this one. And I'm sure a lot of people did. But, man, on Friday night when the Dodgers were out there in the bottom of the night trying to close it out and all the Dodger fans were standing up, that that was crazy. And it's frustrating. Like, you want to you want to go out there and the, you don't want to have Manny Machado getting booed when he has it a play appearance. Like, And that's how it was all weekend. Uh, I mean, one of these days it's going to flip. Like, one of these days that, you know, the Padres in the future, you'll see more and more Padre fans there instead of Dodger fans. Um, but this weekend it was, it was kind of disheartening, honestly. Like they had, the, I understand that a lot of these tickets were bought before the season started. A lot of, you know, Padre, Padre fans that had season tickets sold these tickets off before the season started, before Manny Machado. But that's sh- like, you should, it, this shouldn't be an excuse. Like it shouldn't be that way. Like when you look down at the lower bowl and you see all Dodger fans there, it's a little. It's actually a lot disheartening to see that you don't want. You just you don't want to see that, especially for a team that's now contending, a team that's actually good and fun to watch. And there's the we we said it last week. The biggest series. It was the biggest series to us since you know 2010. And your entire crowd, or most of it, is all Dodger fans. You know, I look at the uh, the weekend. Uh... You know, I, I'm encouraged in a lot of ways. Yeah, I'm disappointed with the loss on Friday and Saturday. I'm excited about the win yesterday. But, boy, uh, you got to go uh, and really look deeper. And, and I talked about the pitching, and, you know, I, I rattle off the Dodger pitchers. They're going an extra inning, and that really bridges the gap for your bullpen. When you got starters only going five innings right now, day in and day out, you're really asking a lot of that bullpen. And not everybody's going to be on every day. The more relievers you have, uh, the better chance that somebody's not going to have their A game. And some people might say, well, why aren't you guys just, like, super excited about the win yesterday? Well, we have expectations now. So when you lose two of three and the way you lose these two of three, like it does feel like a little bitter, a little, like a bad taste in your mouth that, yeah, they won yesterday and that's great. Like they, they needed that win really bad, but they had a chance to sweep and they didn't. So, I mean, I don't think that, you know, people, people should be that have expectations for a team now like this are going to be, you know, super excited. Like, they should be a little bit frustrated. Well, last year, the Padres uh, were 4-15 and 15 off the top of my head against the Dodgers. Yeah. They proved to me they can play with this ball club. I oh, mean, yeah, absolutely. There's there no question about that. Yeah. Uh, the Dodgers, uh, they sit back, they wait for that big home run, and they got some big home runs in this series. No question about it. I mean, Max Muncie hit a couple of big bombs in this series. Uh, Chris Taylor came up with a, a couple of long balls in this series. He's been really struggling. Uh, but, you know, the bottom line, the Padres had the opportunity. I hope, if anything, this series proves something to a lot of the Padre players that, hey, you know what? We can play with these guys. When we get them in a week from now in a two-game series of a Dodger Stadium, we're going to go to work. But now you got to go to work tonight. I mean, you can't uh, have that that uh, letdown. you got to go against one of the best right-handers in all of baseball tonight in Jacob DeGrom, and tomorrow night you're going to get Noah Syndergaard. And they, they can't let up. You can't just go off a win yesterday and have that high and not continue it. 
Like, usually if you get a win like that, the next game is usually a letdown. And this team can't let that happen to them. Because if they want to contend, if they want to shot at the National League West, you know, they're going to start having to win series. And here's we talked about this during the break. They got to start winning at home. Like, they're a really good team on the road, but it's about winning at home. 8-10 and 10 at home so far. And it, it doesn't. It, it seems like there's a lot of pressing at home. Do you feel that? Yeah, I think so. I think, especially like for Machado. I mean, Machado hit the home runs, but didn't have any other hits. But you know, he wants to ingratiate himself to this fan base. And even you know, a week or so ago, we had Andy on a week ago last Friday. Andy said he wanted to do something really special in that first home stand, and he needs to settle in a little bit. Boy, I'll tell you what, though, he's playing a great shortstop, filling in for Tatis Jr. Yeah, right now. Yeah, that's a pretty good uh, backup. <laughs> to have is uh, Machado at short. You know what? I think he's probably the best uh, backup shortstop in baseball. What do you think? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go yes on that one. But the Padres aren't far off from the Dodgers. They're no, not. it was encouraging. And I'll tell you, the other reason you want to be fired up about the win, there's a big difference between uh, four and a half and two and a half in the standings. Oh, Not yeah. only that, it keeps you alive in the wild card a little bit uh, easier. Well, I mean, it's obviously like super early. And it's only May, but you do not want to come out of a weekend saying we just got swept by the Dodgers at home. Like that would have been the worst case scenario. I joked about it last week. Like, oh, watch, they're going to get swept. Like I wasn't being, I wasn't being serious, but it was very close to to disaster. I mean, just for uh, giggles this morning, you look at the National League wild card right now. Padres are a game and a half off. Uh, right now, the two wild cards in the National League would be the Cardinals at 20 and 14, and the Arizona Diamondbacks also at 20 and 14. The Braves are at 20 and 16, and then you got the Padres at 19 and 16. So, you know, you want to you wanna keep uh, playoff uh, hopes alive, and you know, the farther you fall down, every game you drop, you can't get that one back. So a good win by the Padres yesterday, a miraculous win, considering it looked like they were going to go down the pipe for the third straight day uh, after having a lead in the ball game. But, you know, again, Jimmy, we got to go back to this pitching. And I know these guys are young. I know they're, a lot of them have very little major league experience. But really, that's going to be the Achilles heel of this ball club, and it's what we talked about early in the year, this pitching staff. Now, to their credit, they've pitched really, really well for the most part, okay? But again, uh, as you go through and hitters see, and they make adjustments, they're reading scouting reports, looking at tape, you're going to have to adjust as well. And Margavich, as I thought, was okay yesterday, obviously not overpowering, didn't have one strikeout in the game. Uh, Lucchese was okay the other night. Lauer was pretty good until he ran out of gas after the fifth inning. Well, it was their bullpen that let him down. Yeah, I understand that, but the problem is you're having to go to that bullpen way too much right now. Brad Wick looked great on a Friday night, and Saturday night they hit him all over the ballpark. Right, and guys like, I feel like Robert Stock and not Trey Wingeter's hurt. Like Those two guys were supposed to be big parts of the bullpen. This year, Robert Stock has not been good. He's, he's not down even, in El Paso. I know, I was say he's not even on the team right now, and Trey Wingeter's hurt. So you have two guys there that you were relying on to start the season, and they're not there. So that alone, now you're putting in other guys that haven't been there before, like Wick and Warren and whoever else they got. Like it's the 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 bullpen isn't, I guess, besides Kirby Yates, hasn't been 
I guess, up to par? Well, I think Stammen's been worked uh, pretty hard early in the year, and I think his numbers are kind of showing over his last five or six appearances. He's, he's kind of struggled. He's been worked the last three years. Right. So uh, the bullpen, I feel, it let him down this weekend. And Kirby Yates is the first one to tell you, like, it's him that kind of did that over the weekend as well because he gave the two runs on Friday night and he gave up the runs on Saturday night. So it's just hard when you don't ha- when you have to go to your bullpen constantly and they're just getting worked every single game. You know, Friday, we set a record here at 97.3 The Fan. In a four-hour talk show, we took 26 phone calls. 26 phone calls. And now today, I would love to hear your reaction to, and, and opinion about the Padres over the weekend dropping two or three to the Dodgers when they very well could have won all three ball games. They had the lead uh, Friday night. They had the lead Saturday. They had the lead yesterday. They eventually came back and won the ball game. But I want to hear from you, Padre fans. Uh, what did you think? Can your team compete long term this year with the Los Angeles Dodgers? We thought it was going to be twenty twenty. 2021, maybe even 2022. Are the Padres shortening the gap right now between the boys and blue up the freeway? I want to get your thoughts on that. And remember, Tatis Jr. didn't even play in the series. He's over there doing the chop uh, in the dugout, but he's not playing right now with that hamstring. I'm hearing some good things, though. I'm hearing he uh, has made some uh, really nice progress. And the Padres, when Andy Green was down there on Friday, and I was uh, uh, listening to the scrum prior to the game, uh, somebody asked Andy about Tatis Jr. He goes, we're not giving any updates. We're not giving any updates on Tatis Jr. When he's ready to play, he'll be ready to play, is basically what Andy's saying right now. But he did do some baseball activity over the weekend, so that's good news. Padres have the Mets tonight. They're going to see uh, Jacob DeGrom going against right-hander Chris Paddock. <laughs> you know, everybody's going, oh, DeGrom's throwing against the uh, the Padres tonight. And I'm saying, yeah, but Paddock's throwing against the Mets tonight. <laughs> Chris Paddock, they haven't seen this guy yet. Wait till they see him. And I can't imagine uh, uh, Paddock not having success against that uh, Mets lineup. Now, the Mets are coming in. Uh, they're dragging their little tails, I hear, from Milwaukee. They got beat three straight by the Milwaukee Brewers over the weekend. They got a much better ball club. Of course, they got Robinson Cano, and uh, they made a lot of acquisitions over the offseason. So it's going to be a three-game series. Got tonight at 7-10, tomorrow night at 7-10, and then a 12-40 start on Wednesday. And that's the day I've got to pay off my burrito bet to big guy Jim Russell down there at Lolita's. I want to hear from you fans. Hey, you know what? It could have been a lot worse. They could have got beat three straight, and we're talking about a ball club this morning that's, you know, four and a half games off the pace. They're two and a half games back. Heck, by the end of the week, they get on a little bit of a hot streak. Who knows? They could be in first place. You never know. And they go on a road trip after uh, this three-game series. And they finish it up with a two-game series up in L.A. And I'm looking forward to that. You know, I got to tell you a funny story. Yesterday, my wife and I were watching the game. And she goes, man, why do these people always come to Petco Park? I go, well, wouldn't you want to get out of L.A. to come to San Diego for a weekend? And I go, and we have Padre fans that do go to L.A., but you know what? Why would you want to leave San Diego to go to L.A.? Other than maybe watch a ball game and get in your car and drive back home to San Diego. 
That's the way I look at it. I don't know how you look at it, but our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. I'm going to get to Jim Russell here momentarily, but right now I want to go back to yesterday. After the walk-off Grand Slam by Hunter Renfro, this was a Hunter visitor with the media in the Padre Clubhouse. It feels great. You know, anytime you can go there and hit a home run, it feels awesome, and especially the walk-off situation in Grand Slam. So uh, it felt awesome to be able to get there and get that win and, and battle back like that. You know, obviously, Haas worked a great at-bat there, and then uh, Manny with a great bunt, and Will followed up with a great little push butt up the middle there. And uh, obviously, uh, Greg and and, uh, and Mejia didn't quite get it done, so I had to go up there and, and do my best I could. So I uh, was able to get a good swing, like I said, maybe get the barrel contact and try it home. I wonder what the feeling's like doing that. I mean, realistically, when you hit a ball that hard, that far, in such a meaningful ball game, I wonder what it's like when you know it's gone, and he knew it was gone right from the get-go and dropped that bat and and ran around the bases, knows he's going to get mobbed by his teammates when he jumps on home plate and he's going to get the Gatorade bath. I, I would have liked to hit a ball that far one time in my life. Just to get that feel. I, I hit some pretty good balls, especially in high school. I had a couple of bombs in high school that were uh, well over 400 feet. But I wonder what it's like when you got a full stadium, a sellout crowd on a Sunday afternoon, a beautiful day at Petco Park yesterday, and you're hitting a home run off one of the best closers the last five years in Major League Baseball, and as soon as it comes off the bat, you know you've won the ball game for your team, and you're running around the bases. Wow. I can The exhilaration of what that must feel like is absolutely amazing. I want to go over to uh, Jim Russell here, and Jim, you spent a lot of time out at Petco this weekend, and you know we talked about the uh, the uh, pro Dodger crowd uh, against our uh, Padre fans, but uh, at the end of the day, it was a great atmosphere for any major league baseball game. It it like take away the Dodger fan aspect, which was disappointing. That is the type of atmosphere that you want, and you you are not going to get that all the time. It's just like Monday night games, Tuesday night, like you're just not going to get that in San Diego. But for weekend series against teams that are in contention, like that's the type of atmosphere that you want and players want to be a part of. Now tonight, I think there'll be a pretty good uh, contingent of Met fans. The Mets uh, fans always seem to uh, uh, be over that third base dugout where a lot of the opponents' fans buy tickets. Uh, they got the Cy Young Award winner from last year uh, going tonight, Jacob DeGrom. They got Syndergaard going tomorrow night, two of the biggest name pitchers in all of Major League know, Baseball. I didn't know Syndergaard has a five ERA. Yeah, he Did does. You know that? yeah, he's got a losing record, geez, too. That's crazy to me. Yeah, what's I mean, he, two and three right now, too? Yeah, he's two and three, and DeGrom's two and three. He's coming off... Uh, little bit of an injury yeah he did make one start uh, uh since he's come off the il but uh again you know he he's tough i mean that that guy's tough Syndergaard's tough uh tonight uh chris paddock's tough i'm anxious to see how he navigates through that new york mets lineup and every start with chris paddock it's uh it's kind of a little i don't know i don't know the word i'm looking for because you know that every, that every start he has means that he's going to be shut down sooner and sooner. Like, he's not going over 130 innings this year. I would agree with you. And so the more he pitches, the less you're going to see him in August and September. Well, that's why we got Cal Quantrill up here right now. And by the way, Quantrill will go against Syndergaard tomorrow night in his second major league start. Oh, he's slated to pitch tomorrow? Uh, as far as I know, yeah. Wow, okay. Well, I mean, maybe he should go to seven-man rotation. Because I know if they're content, that's going to be a thing. 
if they're contending and it's August and September and Paddock's at like, I don't know, 110 innings pitched, that's gonna be that's gonna be a big topic of discussion. What to do with Paddock? Well, they're they're gonna they're gonna skip him at sometimes in the rotation. You can't skip everybody, but they're gonna skip guys from time to time in this rotation. They're gonna bring up guys like Quantrill. I would imagine at some point we'll see Logan Allen, Pedro Avila is still down in the minor leagues uh, rehab, and he he's been out for a couple of weeks. He's supposed to have I think about another week, and then he'll get back throwing. So they've got some guys down in the minor leagues they can bring up and uh, you know spread guys out. And with off days, they're gonna do some jury into that uh, rotation, I, I mean, think. Speaking of one guy, do you see what McKenzie Gore did last night? Uh, I know he had a no-hitter, and then the reliever ended up giving up the uh, the hit. Yeah, he uh, was untouchable for five innings. And he, maybe you think he could come up this year? Uh, with A.J. Preller, uh, anything is possible. Why not? Just bring him up. Well, you don't want to bring him up too soon, though. You I don't mean, want him to get up here I mean, if hell, he's not ready. they got other players coming up with A-ball experience. I mean, McKenzie Gore had 11 strikeouts and pitched a no-hitter. I think before he would come up here, they would probably send him to double-A to throw a couple uh, games uh, for uh, uh, Amarillo, the sod poodles, throw a couple games for him, and then if he's uh, pitching well there, then maybe they would make that call. But I don't know. I mean, we had um, uh, Jim Callis on last week, and he thinks that uh, McKenzie Gore could be up here at some point this year. I mean, hell, they have... I mean, all their pitchers this year, pretty much, they're kind of just throwing them in the fire. And they're they used look what they did with Tatis, they look what they did with Paddock, Margavichis. Like they don't care anymore about service time. So why should you care about Gore's? Well, the others, I don't. Well, I don't think that's the case with Gore. I, I think they they just want to make sure he's ready. I mean, this guy's not pitched a lot of professional innings. Remember, he missed a big he, chunk of last year with those blisters. Neither did Margavichis. Yeah, Margavich's pitch, though. I mean, Gore had to sit on the sidelines a lot last year because he had those blisters a couple of different uh, times that really sidelined him, and it really slowed down his progress a little bit. All right, so how about this? So they shut Paddock down, bring up Mackenzie Gore when that happens later in the season. Well, let's see where we're at. I mean, if the Padres are in the race, who knows what they may do. They may go out and make a trade. I mean, Dallas Keuchel's still out there, even though I'm not in a favor of, of bringing him in. Uh, Dallas Keuchel's still out there. He's not going to get signed. He's not going anywhere until after the draft. Right. Like, that's just that's how it's going to be right now. But he could end up with San Diego on a one-year deal. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe Possibly. the Padres want to spend that kind of money to go for a wild card. I don't think they can beat the Dodgers for the division title. They certainly could be in the wild card race down to the final week. Well, I mean, it's not just the Dodgers in the division. I mean, they have the Cardinals. Or not the Cardinals. The uh, Diamondbacks, too. Well, don't forget, Colorado's playing a lot better as well. You always got to watch out for Colorado. Yeah, Colorado's a scary team because they got some dudes that can hammer and carry a ball club and put some runs on the board. Want to know what happened with the Friars? It's time for Padres Rewind. He's hot. He's hot. Brought to you by EcoWater. Your water perfected. 6-1 right-hander deals. High fly ball. Deep left field. Crushed. What I say about this big fella? Oh, everybody's going to love this guy. So many do already. So now it's an eight-game hitting streak. Now my Padres have indeed scored in each of the first innings of the three games. He's coming around to get a fist bump from Huffy. And Fran is the home run leader of the San Diego Padres. They lead one to nothing. What a swing. Hurt the pelota. 
This one is a ground ball. It's going to be on the right side. It's going to be off the wall in right field. And that's going to come around and give the boys a run. Mejia is going for three. Coming on to score there is Garcia. 2-0. The Padres here in the second inning. Two and two. Pitch on the way. Swing and a pop-up. Shallow left field. Dickerson coming in. He's got plenty of time to get there. He makes the catch and the side is retired. Dodgers loaded the bases with two outs here in the third. They leave them loaded. Go to the bottom half of the inning. Padres in front two to nothing. There's Maeda. Swings at the first pitch. Backhand stopped by Machado at short. From the outfield grass. Long throw in time. Let's hang a star. Manny Machado just saved a run with another brilliant defensive play at shortstop. Maeda ready, and the 0-1 to Garcia's hit in the air down the right field line. Long run for Dugo. He's not going to get there. It's off the base of the wall. Hosmer's rounding third. He will come in. Meyer's going to be held at third. He's got a slam on the brakes now, diving back to the bag, and he's safe. He just got his hand in there. Garcia second with an RBI double. Padres lead 3-0, and in business still with runners on second and third, one away. First pitch, golfed into right field. Verdugo coming in. He makes the catch. Myers was late to tag. He's going to try anyway. Throw is cut. Relay to the plate. Not in time. Will scores with a head first slide. Lefty deals. High fly ball. Hit that a ton and three quarters for heaven's sakes. Deep right field. A fastball up just like that. A ball game. From 4 nothing to 4-3 on a three-run home run by Muncie. First pitch fastball. Ow! No doubt about it. Here's the 1-0 to Taylor. He swings and hits one to deep left field. Myers goes back, looks up. It's a two-run homer, and the Dodgers are in front 5-4. Reaching out, fly ball right field. Franmil on the way in a slide, and Franmil comes up big. Colonel Coleman, we're going to throw the star right here for the slide and grab in right field. Coming in with a feet-first sit slide by Franmil Reyes. He comes up big. We got the star out for you, Jer, and for Franmil Reyes. Down a run. This one a high fly ball to deep left field. I thought he just won the ball game. He just won the ball game. Car rushed to deep left field. Grand slam, walk off, pinch home run for Hunter Renfro. How about them boys? His power is unbelievable. On a team that's got a Franmil Reyes and a Hunter Renfro to Manny Machado. Don't tell me they won't hit this year. What a moment. It doesn't get any better than this. That was Padres Rewind, brought to you by EcoWater. Stay hydrated, San Diego. Maeda swings at the first pitch. Backhand stopped by Machado at short. From the outfield grass, long throw in time. Let's hang a star. Manny Machado just saved a run with another brilliant defensive play at shortstop. Yeah, Manny looking pretty uh, comfortable at shortstop, filling in for Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, and again, uh, Andy said uh, Friday night, uh, no update uh, going to be given on Fernando Tatis Jr. Maybe uh, by midweek uh, the Padres will relent and uh, maybe give us a little more information. But he's back uh, doing some baseball activity right now. We're going to get uh, to the phones here uh, in just one minute. So, uh, Brian... Uh, Manny, Miguel, you guys hang in there. We're going to get to you. We're also going to hear from Andy Green uh, this half hour as well.
well. But right now on this Monday morning, want to head back over and get our updated traffic from Susan the Vincent. And it's brought to you by the San Diego County Credit Union. Got a metal chair dropped in the fast lane at westbound 52 at Santo Road. Of course, that's right in the middle of some already awful traffic. It is really crawling now coming out of Santee on the 52. That's starting just west of Cuyamaca. Northbound 5 now backed up. Stop and go from E Street out of Chula Vista. Sweeper trucks in the final stages of the cleanup for that accident on southbound 805 at El Cajon Boulevard. They're slowing there, but it's really backed up on the other side of the freeway because that's where all the traffic is. The visual hazard adding to it. Northbound 805 bumper-to-bumper East Plaza up into Mission Valley. Open a free checking with eStatement's account at SDCCU. You can get your new debit card on the spot and nominate SDCCU Best Credit Union in the UT's Reader's Poll. You can do that daily at sdccu.com slash nominate. Details at sdccu.com. I'm Susan DeVincent. Mornings with Coach 97.3 The Fan. Well, thank you very much, Susan. Uh, great job as always. I heard uh, Susan on my way to the ballpark on uh, Friday, and uh, the radio was a little bit low, so I turned it up, and uh, the louder I turned it, the she sounded. <laughs> Let's get back to the phones. Uh, Brian and San Marcus, you're next up with Coach John Cantera on a Monday morning. Uh, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Coach. Thanks for the call. Uh, just want to say uh, I was at the game both uh, Saturday night and then Sunday, and uh, it, first of all, it was like a playoff atmosphere. Yeah. It sold out. And, uh, you know, obviously some really high highs when we took the lead and in, in obviously Friday, Saturday, all three games. Uh, but then really low lows when they uh, surrendered that lead. And what it, what it brought me to believe is that we're still, you know, younger team in baseball. We're learning how to win. Uh, we're learning how to compete at the highest level. We didn't have Tatis in there, which uh, I believe would have made some difference. But uh, for them to come back Sunday, uh, when, when we went down, when Taylor hit that home run, I was like, oh, no, here we go again. Just can't get swept. Don't want to lose, you know, three games, all three more games behind the Dodgers. Uh, but when they started executing those bunts and they got on, uh, that was euphoric. And then when uh, we're down to two outs, I thought, oh, man, they're going to put us away again. And uh, Hunter came up. And uh, hopefully that's uh, kind of uh, uh, foreshadowing uh, how the balance of the season is going to go. I do believe we've historically been a, a good second-half team. And as we continue to learn how to win and if we can keep everybody healthy, I, I think the upside is tremendous. And uh, uh, I couldn't be more uh, pleased with how we are and three games above 500. And I think we're uh, moving in the right direction. Very, very optimistic and uh, was very happy to be out at the ballpark uh, this weekend. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree with you more about the playoff atmosphere. It was incredible. And you know what? When you're a fan, when you go to games like that, you want to go to other games like that. And and when they're meaningful games, I mean, there was tremendous intensity in the ballpark uh, all weekend long from the fans, from the players. No question about that. And uh, again, tonight, you know, tonight's game counts as much as the game on Saturday night. And you got to find a way before you go out on the road trip uh, to win at least two out of three again. Against the New York Mets, and in fact, like Jim Russell and I were talking about earlier, you got to play better at home. I mean, the Padres are two games under five hundred right now on and home, and they're really, really good out on the road. Yeah, well, that, I'm, I'm glad they're great out on the road because that's usually where you can get into some bad funks. I think they'll straighten it out at home. Um, but I, the other thing I noticed too, Coach, and, and maybe you can address this as well, but. The, the chemistry, they have an it factor on this team. I've never seen camaraderie on the Padres team probably even in 98 when they went. It just doesn't feel the way they have it with these young kids. And I think they really enjoy playing together, being together. And uh, I think that's going to uh, only uh, further uh, 
the momentum that they have, and then get on some win streaks. We haven't got everybody all together at, at one time at the plate where they're all hitting, and uh, we saw a little evidence of that the last uh, game in the Braves. But uh, the, the upside is still tremendous. I think they just got to, you know, like you said, tonight's game really counts. They've got to come back and take that uh, epic momentum and uh, carry that forward against a very, very tough uh, matchup tonight. But uh, excited to see Pat going against DeGrom and uh, looking forward to getting down to uh, uh, the ballpark again soon. That'd uh, be great. Well, Brian, I'll answer that question as I let you go uh, on this note. Uh, you know, comparing 98 to this team, uh, two different contrasts uh, from the simple standpoint. you got a lot of young guys right now that uh, don't have much service time. And, and when you look back at that 98 team, you had some grizzled veterans, starting with uh, number 19, uh, Mr. Gwynn, and then you had Caminetti, who was a grinder, uh, Steve Finley, Wally Joyner, uh, Chris Gomez. All those guys were grinders. Greg Vaughn, a grinder. Uh, talented, but guys that were grinders. Now, that team actually, in a lot of ways, I mean, Vonnie and uh, Caminetti, they were a uh, best of buds. They were a close ball club but they weren't as exuberant as this Padre ball club is right now. And I think a lot of it had to do with the guys then had been there, done that. And they were very confident in themselves. Not to say these young guys now here aren't confident in themselves. It's just a different brand of baseball right now. It's a different part uh, uh, where we're at in life, I think. Uh, and cameras are picking up every little thing guys do. But I, I like the youthful enthusiasm. Uh, you know, the, the high school or college of guys jumping around and showing that the game means something to them. You know, I talked to Fran Mill Reyes the other night uh, just briefly, and I said, hey, you know, you're doing a great job keep it up. I'm a big fan. And he got a big old smile on his face. But, you know, Fran Mill Reyes is one of those guys that I've shared with really since I met him last year that the game means something to him. And not that it doesn't other players, but you either like the game, love the game, or live the game. And I think Fran Mill Reyes is a guy that lives the game. I mean, he wants to be the best player he possibly can be. I mean, some guys like the game because they're very good at it. They've worked hard, and they've been blessed with great talent, and they play the game. It's kind of like what I was talking about last week. And I can't believe how much feedback I got last week when I was talking about John Lynch telling me after he went to his first mini camp, uh, the most amazing thing was that guys really didn't love football. People couldn't find They couldn't believe that. I had so many emails uh, and uh, uh, tweets, uh, personal messages, saying, man, I can't believe that. Well, it's true. And in baseball, it, it works that way as well. Guys like it. A lot of guys love it. Some guys live it. They, they live and breathe baseball. And Fran Mill Reyes is one of those guys, and I think they've got some other guys on this team that are very much like that. Our phone number, 833-288-0973. Let's get out to uh, Manny in South Bay. Manny, you're next up with Coach Jock and Tara on 97.3 The Fan. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I went to all three games. That a boy. The Dodgers, they rolled deep. I couldn't believe how loud the crowd was when they got runs. I can't believe how they booed Manny when he came up to bat. Going out on a grand slam from Renthro <laughs> made the weekend complete. Last season, we lost to the Dodgers 10-3, 7-3, and 13-4, I believe, in the first three games. So to lose by one and two and take it out on a grand slam? Yo, I'm proud of my Padres. I'm proud of SD for showing up. Let's get them when we go to L.A. And let's get the. We got to get these last games here at home too. 
No question about that. You got to get at least two out of three against the Mets. And I know they're running out some awful good pitching, but you know what? If you want to be a, a contender, you got to be able to beat good people. Oh, uh, we can. We've shown we can take teams' ace pitchers and take them deep into or take them out early. Kershaw is probably the deepest ace that went in against us. Look what happened to Le'Veon Hernandez when Scherzer was almost hit, unhittable. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, we, I don't think the Padres are scared of DeGrom today. We need Paddock out there next time we see the Dodgers so they can see what kind of fire that guy's throwing. I think he's going to get us the win today. Let's go, Cowboy. All right, man. Hey, good to hear from you. Thanks for the call. No problem. Hey, if it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be here. Let's go, Padres. There you go, Big Manny down there in South Bay. That opens up a line at 833-288-0973. I'm just taking a look right now on uh, my uh, pa- back page of my Padre Media Guide. Padres uh, this week, they got the Mets tonight at 710, tomorrow 710, 1240 on Wednesday. On uh, Thursday, they got an off day to travel to Colorado. Then they got the Rockies Friday, Saturday, Sunday at Coors Field, an off day next Monday, and then uh, a week from tomorrow, they open up a, a brief uh, two-game set against the L.A. Dodgers. <laughs> oh, I love when the Padres played the Dodgers. I was so upset the other night. I was so ticked off when they lost on on Friday night, and then I was even more ticked off on Saturday night when they let that lead get away again, but I was very happy when that ball went out of the ballpark like all you Padre fans. Okay, Miguel and Chula Vista, thanks for waiting. You're on with Coach John Cantero. Miguel, welcome to 97.3 The Fan. How you doing? I'm doing great, Coach. How are you today? Ah, doing well. A little bit uh, fatigued. It was a long weekend of uh, uh, ups and downs if you're a Padre fan. Tried to get as much rest. I went to bed early. I, actually, after the Padre game yesterday, I, I watched that Sunday night game. I watched the Cubs beat up on the Cardinals, and as soon as that game was over, uh, you know, right around 8 o'clock, it was time to go to bed. I needed that extra hour or two of rest last night. Yeah, I was over at the Aztec games, and... Uh... I tell you, the first couple of games, I didn't get home till 12 in the morning. I, I take the trolley back and forth. And uh, I just wanted to uh, talk about the Padres as well as the uh, Kentucky Derby. First off, uh, what do you think of the uh, Kentucky Derby? What you think that was a... You think that should have happened? Well, the thing that bothers me, and we're going to talk with Dan Woiken uh, coming up at... Um... At 7.40 this morning from the USA Today, I guess the only problem I have was that uh, the jockey, Flavian Pratt, uh, and and you know what, you know, obviously he apparently was right, okay, because they overturned it, but he was the one uh, that, uh, you know, claimed the foul, and the stewards, you know, the stewards, I don't think we're going to do anything. They didn't have an inquiry until uh, there were a couple of protests after the race. Now, I don't know if those horses that uh, he supposedly uh, interfered with, and they did interfere with, uh, if if they were going to win the race or not. Um, I don't know. I, I've got mixed emotions about uh, the, him being disqualified and placed 17th. Yeah, I, I, it's, it's, it's difficult for me. Plus, he's from San Diego. That horse is from Rancho Santa Fe. Um, but I wish I would have, you know, put some money on because I probably would have picked Flabby and Flat. I mean, the guy is a legit jockey. Oh, there's no question. We've seen him out here at Del Mar quite a bit. Uh, but, you know, he was riding a 65-to-1 long shot. 
Yeah, I, I I still always root for him. I always pick him. He's the best out of all the jockeys, I think, and I know. And also, I kind of like um, I kind of like this Padre team. I mean, I haven't been so excited in a very long time. As you may know, we've only went to the playoffs with the Padres in 2003, I believe. No, we uh, won division what? titles in uh, 05 and 06. The ballpark opened in, in 2004, and then uh, uh, that first year they had over 3 million fans come in. The next two years they won the division titles. Yeah, so that was one time in, all, in Petco history that we made it to the playoffs. And I think this year we're going to make it to the playoffs, and it's going to be big at San Diego. San Diego is going to have packed crowds with Padre fans, not visitor fans. That's a big deal in San Diego. And we showed up, and the Dodger fans showed up. But I have one thing that's really bothering me. Okay. I think we need to get rid of alcohol and major league stadiums. It's a big deal. I know it makes money, but so do a lot of fights. Well, you know what? I'll tell you what uh, on that one, uh, Miguel. It's one of those situations where um, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, believe me, baseball is nowhere near as bad as the NFL when it comes to alcohol. And I know that all the ball clubs, you know, they want to make money, and I totally understand that. Uh, but they also, uh, I think, are doing a much better job now than they've ever done as far as uh, trying to monitor things and cutting off uh, uh, beer sales at a certain time. Uh, but that, that's not going to go away because – Beer companies spend a tremendous amount of money, not only in professional sports, but college sports as well. Thanks again, uh, Miguel, for that phone call. Very much appreciated. Let's duck in another quick call. We're going to get to Andy Green after the top of the hour now because we got these full phone lines. Our phone number, 833-288-0973, 833-288-0973. Want your opinion on what you saw this weekend. Even though the Padres dropped two out of three, were you impressed how well they played against the Los Angeles Dodgers? Want to hear from you. Rob in San Diego, thanks for waiting. You're on with Coach John Cantera on 97. 7-3, the fan. How we doing? Coach, how are you doing? Ah, doing well, doing well. Thank you. I wanted to talk a little just real quickly about uh, the first two games in the ninth. Uh, and if you've already talked about this, I apologize for being redundant. That's all right. Get on the show um, I don't understand why we continue to go with our closer in the ninth. The Padres did the same thing with Trevor Hoffman right. over and over again. And the psychology of a closer is not to pitch in a tie ball game. We need to have a pitcher that can go in the ninth when the game's tied that we're confident with and not go with Yates because I just think they go in with a different frame of mind, different mental state, and they don't seem to pitch the same. What do you think? Well, I think there is something to that, but I will also say this. As a manager and as a pitching coach, you got to have confidence in all your pitchers when you run them out there on the mound. And if you're not going to use Kirby Yates in the ninth inning to keep the game uh, tied – then you know what? You're probably not going to use them that night. And I don't think the Padres are deep enough right now to where they can go without Kirby Yates in a tight ball game. Well, I mean, I, I agree with that too, Coach, but here's the thing. I mean, if, we, if we've got confidence in all of our pitchers, don't you think that, I mean, you're, you're still looking to win that game at home. I mean, especially, you know, so you've got the hammer. You're hoping you score, you know, you score and you win the game. But I mean, I understand trying to hold them, but we don't have anybody else that we think that we can hold them in the ninth. And if you don't use them, you got them for the next game. 
Well, you take a look. They probably had to give Stammen a night off on Saturday night. He pitched a lot, and I think uh, you know his numbers over the last couple of weeks have not been all that great because he's been pitching a lot. The other night, they brought Wick back for a second night. Uh, he got hammered in a third of an inning, gave up four hits and three earned runs. They brought in Adam Warren briefly for two-thirds. Robbie Erlin, they extended him for two innings, and then they went with Kirby Yates. And, you know, little did we know that Wingenter wasn't available that night because he uh, apparently uh, had a shoulder strain, and then they brought up Phil Maton yesterday. So Wingenter, I'm not saying Wingenter would have thrown the ninth inning because I don't think he would have. I think he'd have probably thrown the eighth inning, uh, and Erlin would have only gone one inning that night. But uh, the way you look around baseball, to be honest with you, Rob, every manager in baseball would run their closer out there in a tie ball game at home uh, in the ninth inning. Well, you're probably right. Anyway, thanks a lot for taking my call, Coach. Hey, thanks for making the call. Look forward to hearing from you again. Thanks again, and hope uh, you uh, tune in tonight. we got the ball game coming up with the pregame show at 6-10 and the first pitch, 7-10. And uh, if you're lucky, Rob, maybe you can get to that ball game tonight. I won't be able to go to the game, but I'll be watching it on the tube. All right. Hey, thanks again. Look forward to talking with you again, Rob. Thank you. Take care. Let's stuck in another uh, quick call before we get to the top of the hour. Joe in Chula Vista, you're on with Coach John Cantera, 97.3 The Fan. Welcome, Joe. How are you? So good morning to you, Coach. Uh, so good morning to you. Well, thank you. Good morning to you as well. Just two quick comments. One on the Padres Dodgers series. Um, I know we won one out of three. People are excited about that. You know, I guess we'll take what we can get. Comment I had is, you know, with, with the amount of Padres or Dodgers fans that were in town, it definitely uh, affected the Padres' psyche of a team. You know, having the, especially in your home field, you have your home crowd, basically meaning all the Dodgers fans in town, kind of, I think, cost us a game, you know, there maybe Friday or Saturday night, especially got in the head of the players, you know, the psyche of a player. I think that impacted it. Um, so I just want to get your comments on that and what your thoughts might have been on, on the, you know, I think 70-30 uh, Dodger Padre breakout there at Petco on Friday. Yeah, I don't know if it was that high. It was high, though. There's no question about that. I'll also say that uh, I don't know if it uh, affected their psyche or not. I think those guys are pretty much numb to most of that. Uh, I just think that uh, it was a, a great weekend uh, for them to get used to, to playing uh, with packed crowds and, and expectations more than anything else. That's the way I'm kind of looking at it. Hey, Joe, thank you very much for the phone call. Would have liked to have been uh, able to have a little more time with you, but uh, thanks again for the phone call. That was Best of Coach, 5 to 9, mornings, right here on 97.3 The Fan. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.